Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast, where you can build your total freedom lifestyle and live your life doing what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. And now, here is your host, John Racine. Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast. This is episode six. I am your host, John Racine, and I have to say I am beyond excited for today's episode. I spoke to a fabulous lady who has done some amazing things in her life, has been involved with so many different creative projects, and has just done so much. And it was such a pleasure to interview her today. It was uh, really kind of unique. We took some twists and turns and got into a a bit more personal uh, discussions about food and, and some other things. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. I am extremely excited for today's guest. She is a successful, multi-talented lady. In addition to creating musevation products and seminars worldwide, her public mystical success events have been held in over 16 countries. Her largest audience was 50,000 in Kuala Lumpur. And after many years of meditation, she transformed her consciousness and now teaches others how to live a mystical life and experience divine oneness which is the true heart of true happiness, success, and purpose in one's life. If that wasn't enough, she has assisted people from over 25 countries to transform their lives to the positive. In addition, she's authored over 60 books, audiobooks, DVDs, music CDs, and TV shows, including anchoring with Bob Proctor the titles Become a Money Magnet to Money Through the Sea of Unlimited Consciousness, New Paradigms, Be Your Perfect Weight, and Become a Magnet to Money, Brian Tracy, World Authority on Selling Comments, that our guest has put together materials that bring about permanent behavioral changes. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Michelle Blood. Michelle, welcome. Hello, John. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited to have you on with everything that we just heard about you. This is going to be really exciting. Well, I think it's a really wonderful thing that you're doing to get the word out positivity because the world truly really it's not just a need it's a requirement for people to be able to keep their sanity and and to feel uplifted and know that they're not alone absolutely especially during the times that we're in right now at the time of the recording most of the united states and good portion of the world is still under a lockdown so the positivity piece is something that i have been pushing as much as i can and, and a lot of my colleagues are but it hasn't become pervasive enough yet yeah, but it's getting there. One one podcast at a time. <laughs> no doubt. And and also at the time of this recording, we're starting to see states reopen. So there is definitely some positivity coming about. You you've got such an incredible background. How did you get started on this journey? It's a good question, because there's a very, very unique and very unusual way that my story starts, John. I was a, um, a rock singer in Australia. I had, I've been singing professionally since I was about five on TV and I had rock bands and um, wrote a lot of songs and I was living in, as far as I was concerned, in my total freedom because I was on purpose. I loved what I did. I didn't have a thought of doing anything else for the rest of my life. That's what I would do, you know, rock it, rock out, you know. <laughs> It's very, very difficult in a, a country like Australia because there's not many people and the cities are so far 
between each other that it's a really rough life. It is very, very challenging. I managed the band, co-wrote all the songs, hired everyone, looked after road crews. I mean, I was really, really very, very good at what I did when I was on the stage, but behind the scenes, I think I was a very good businesswoman with the way I conducted everything and looked after everything and we were very popular. And so one night on my way home from a gig, the driver, after driving like 15 hours or so, fell asleep and hit a telephone pole and he was fine, but um, all the keyboards that were in the back of our little truck fell, you know, into me, into my seat. And so my back was fractured, my hip bone completely split, my um, entire um, pelvis was smashed all the bones that were broken went into my bladder and different organs and they didn't think I'd survive the night. However, I did, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and it's it's just so bizarre to think that that horrific car accident would be the thing that would change my life forever to the to absolutely achieving everything I'd wanted to achieve, but also to find my spirit, to find my true spiritual purpose on this life. And so that is how it began. But the reason it began was because I was quite suicidal in the hospital because I was in such horrific pain. And when I was told I may never, you know, dance again or do crazy things on stage, cartwheeling across the stage and stuff, I thought, what am I going to do? And so I was quite depressed. And people started sending me cassettes. And then my lovely family would put these cassettes on and I couldn't turn them off. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that can probably relate to this. When you're feeling down and it, whether it's emotional or physical or just from fear, if someone comes along and they're acting like they're shitting daisies, they're so happy, you don't resonate with that. You do not want people being all smiles and daisies and sunflowers when you're feeling down. You want them to commiserate with you so that you can both go down the foxhole, the rabbit hole of, you know, despair. And that's the opposite of what you want to have happen, but you're not resonating with uh, positivity or happiness at that time. However. That can be changed very, very quickly. Your state of mind can be uplifted. You can do it. And you can do it through affirmation power. What happened to me was I was listening to Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, the audio book. And even though I didn't relate to most of it because it's just about successful Henry Fords, et cetera, in America in the 20s and 30s, nothing to do with me a female rock singer in Australia. <laughs> it's like nothing. But Napoleon Hill said he knows that he healed his son who was born with no ears by doing auto-suggestion affirmations into where the son's ears were supposed to be. Every night he would say, son, you can hear perfectly. You are such a wise and intelligent young man, and you can hear, he would just keep doing this auto-suggestion. His son went on to hear 30% by the time he was five, and he went on to also start the hearing aid industry and ended up obviously with the help of hearing aids, hearing 100% and becoming extremely 
successful in his life and very, very happy young man. And so I just said, self, (laughs) it can't help. It can't hurt. You know, nothing else is working. Do some affirmations. So I started saying affirmations, but they weren't working, John. They just weren't working because what he said was you have to emotionalize them. And I couldn't emotionalize. I am healed. I know I am. I love myself. I am my friend. I wasn't healed. I didn't love myself. I didn't know I was healed. The doctor said I wasn't. And so it didn't work. And so I gave up. But then two days later, I'm a singer-songwriter. I had my Satori, my epiphany. Sing the affirmations. You can't get a jingle out of your head. So I started singing my affirmations. And then I recorded the affirmation with me singing it over and over again in the hospital, just right where I was. And to make a long, long story short, I went on to have miraculous healing and started writing and recording other affirmation songs. And some journalists found out about it, put me on a TV show to talk about this affirmation songs because I was known as a singer in Australia. And then promoters heard about it and they wanted to hire me, paying me like at that time a crazy amount of money for me because even though we had gigs all the time and we had recordings, we still were always broke, always seemed to be broke. Even in excess, we're always broke until they became famous overseas. I mean, I remember Michael Hutchinson borrowing money from one of my roadies in Melbourne at a gig we were doing together, the lead singer of In Excess, so he could buy a hamburger. Wow. <laughs> you know? So what happened was they said, we'll give you $5,000 a gig and you will sing in between Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Stuart Wilde. And I said, who are they? I had no idea about motivational speakers or anything like that. And I said, sure, okay. And then Bob Proctor, promoter, said, we want you to also sing at his events. Bob Proctor did not want me to sing at his event, but they said, no, we're the promoter. We're paying you to come out here. She really does a great job. We're going to get her to do these affirmation songs. Halfway through at the break, Bob Proctor comes out, introduces himself, and he said, this is what I've been teaching all of my life to do affirmations, auto-suggestions, doing it with music. I can see it's uplifting the audience. It's going into the treasury of their subconscious mind fast. He's raving on and on and on. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I want to work with you all over the world. And that's how Musevation began. Amen. (laughs) Wow. That is one of the craziest journeys I think I may have ever heard. It is, isn't it? It is, but (laughs) it's it's true life. And I don't think a a Hollywood scriptwriter could write what you have been through. Yeah, it's, you know, um, and it was only after that, like only a year and a half after that, I'd left Australia. I was working all over the world in America, um, Malaysia. Then I started living in Malaysia and I had hit records over there and I was touring all these different countries all over the world And then I started speaking about my story and then more and more people would hire me. Then I was making more and more money, which I wasn't even thinking about and all the success and all the things I'd always really wanted to do with my singing, I was doing, but with positive music to uplift people. It was insane. I started writing songs for these little Asian 
pop groups you know, <laughs> in their language and then in English and producing them and it was just insane and it was absolutely wonderful and everything I'd ever, I mean, beyond what I dreamt, I was in a bubble of what you can do as a singer and this took me out of the bubble and it also took me on a very, very mystical journey. And what kind of prompted you to continue down the path of that mystical journey? What happened was, I sort of worked it out later, John. Good question. What I realized was when you're doing the affirmations, when you start feeding yourself positive input, we all are energy. Back then, you couldn't really prove it, but since quantum physics has proven it, we're all energy and we vibrate at a frequency, which is a speed. It's a frequency, it's a speed, and that frequency, that vibration within my consciousness was speeding up because of all the positivity, and my eyes were opening up to new opportunities that I didn't know existed. I could see and create things I'd never even dreamt of, and I knew it wasn't me. (laughs) I knew it wasn't me. I'm like, nah, (laughs) this is coming from a higher power. I would never know how to do something like this. And... I found the more and more I looked into that, the more I found that I was in love with a presence, a divine presence, and I went searching to find what that was. And so I went searching to find a teacher who was enlightened, who was awake, because I was working with Bob and all these wonderful people, but they're good, very, very, very good people, high in consciousness, but they're not awake. They're not like a Jesus Christ or a Yogananda, you know. So I wanted a spiritual teacher that was awake, that knew God. I couldn't help myself. I was just so in love with the divine and I started almost feeling soul sick. I was searching so much. I started practicing meditation and that took me into even deeper and deeper. I mean, I was doing crazy things, John. Like I went to Sarawak in Malaysia and they've got this big mountain and I got uh, one of the natives who didn't even speak Bahasa. I could speak a little Bahasa. His was the original native language. And I got him to take me on this hike and then you sleep in this like crazy hut thing and, um, and it's extremely dangerous, dangerous snakes, dangerous this, dangerous that. And he took me, just me and him, on this dangerous, dangerous journey because I was like, I'm going to find God. I'm going to find it here. I'm going to release my fear. And I think this is the way to do it, do something dangerous. I mean, I was that desperate to find God. And what I found was my mind became silent. This man who was shorter than me and I'm five foot, this little native man, such a beautiful spirit coming from him. And as we were hiking, there'd be a little anthill or something and he'd stop and he'd make me walk around it. Everything was respected. It was so so beautiful. And I came out of that after two days, went down to the beach at Sarawak on my own. And I was just gazing, sitting on the sand, gazing these little waves coming in. And all of a sudden I was sort of gazing at myself. I was one with the wave and I was having my true first oneness, spiritual um, experience. So I kept searching until I found a spiritual teacher who agreed to teach me and she could transmit light. And I started going into deeper and deeper states of consciousness 
until eventually after a few years of being her student, I too had my kundalini awakened and that's really when my journey really began and I started taking on students after a few years from all over the world, from all walks of life. We've got something called themysticalexperience.com where we have webinars and teach people how to practice meditation and to go much deeper so that they can awaken their true self and have the experience that we were all, our original divine birthright was meant to be for us to be awake. Outstanding. You, you used a term that I just want to have you define for us because some of the listeners may not be familiar with it. And the word was the Kundalini. Could you describe that for the listeners that maybe don't know what that is? Okay. Well, I know that it's not um, as common these days, but I think that people are far more educated in spirituality and spirituality terminology. And so everyone, you know, once upon a time, my family called me the woo-woo girl because she meditates. That's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And nowadays, I mean, if someone's got a bad heart or blood pressure, every doctor will say, I really think it's a good idea that you start doing breathing exercises and practice meditation. So it's not so weird anymore. Now, the reason to practice meditation is to silence thought and it brings your blood pressure down. It, um, you don't have to be religious to do it. But what happens is when you really start going deeply, there's something at the base of the spine and it is called the kundalini and it is at the base of everybody's spine, but it's in the divine dimension because people don't realise they're actually living in two worlds, but they're only aware of the energetic version of this world. But you're actually living in a world of light. Uh, it's everyone has within them unlimited potential to be able to achieve anything that they want to achieve in their life. And when we begin to quieten the mind, this kundalini starts rising. And if you look into Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, all the different religions that have gone on for thousands of years, they all talk about this kundalini that they sort of have depicted as like a, a... a serpent coming up the spine, but it's not a serpent. It's bubbling energy of the divine dimension and it scrubs clean all of the the shishumna. There's this beautiful hollow uh, pipe that runs along. We've all got this ethereal body with this shishumna and the idea is to eventually have that kundalini scrub clean the shishumna so that the chakras can be activated and those chakras take you into different divine dimensions where you can have these out-of-world, out-of-body experiences until eventually you go through the Stargate. And just like that show, it's just like that, but thunderous in your head though, thunderous, buzzing of bees. It's amazing. And it's a very, very powerful experience that every single person on this planet can experience. And it's not necessarily always... Um, done in that way. It's a very, very, it takes quite a few years and it really does take an enlightened teacher to transmit that light because what they do, the teacher, is because they're plugged in to the divine, they can then connect you to your divine presence even though you might not be awakened yet or have your chakras activated. And it's a very, very deep mystical experience. But you don't have to go all that way. Just practicing meditation, even just 20 minutes a day, 
will change your vibration. I say to everyone, if you can use singing affirmations, do visualization, and do your best to quieten your mind every day, you will, in a year's time, your life will be 300 degrees different to the positive. It truly will. You don't have to go as deeply as I'm <laughs> speaking about. Not everybody is into that. You know, it's, it's, it's something that has to be felt that you're guided to do that. And until you're guided to do that, at least think a happy thought. Absolutely. And I know for myself, I've kind of come on this journey a little bit later in life uh, than, than definitely a younger person. And I'm a type 1 diabetic. And I have found that since I have started on the journey a couple of years now, my blood sugars have gotten under much better control. And I completely attribute it to much lower stress levels. And I had seen it in my past where I was working and I was stressed out at work. My blood sugars would just be rampantly wild. But now as I've been on this journey and I do make it a regular daily habit to do some form of a meditation, that it, everything is much calmer, including my blood sugars. So I can absolutely speak to what you're referring to. I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the Total Freedom Podcast. I hope you're enjoying and getting value out of what you're listening to. So I want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the Total Freedom Podcast. This will help us to share the message with more people so that they can overcome the challenges in their life, become more resilient, and achieve the life of their dreams. So again, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks so much. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me to get here, but I found now that I'm here, Things are a whole lot better, even, you know, with all the craziness going on in the world, I still have this, everything's going to be okay and just kind of follow that. And, and it's, I attribute directly to the process. Oh, absolutely. That's so you're, you know, you're walking the talk. You, you, you've proven to yourself, we experiment. But the thing is, don't experiment and just give up after a week. If you can get into a new habit of doing it, writing down what you do want in your life. I want low, lower blood pressure. I want my diabetes to, uh, to be healed. I would like to make more money. I would like to be healthier. Then you look at that list and you say to yourself, okay, what do I need to do for that to happen? I mean, you've got YouTube, you've got Google. You can find out what you can do. You can help yourself. You can begin to practice meditation. Uh, you can begin to look into what, you know, if, if a teacher like myself isn't your cup of tea, you go and find another meditation teacher that you relate to, that you resonate with, that you feel you can trust, can assist you. And you do, and you know, until that time, just do some Kriya yoga breathing, just breathe, listen to the silence, listen to some Mozart and just be still. Absolutely. And I've spoken to a number of people for the podcast who are very much in the meditation realm. And they all say, if some of this is too crazy or too out there for you to do, just start with breathing, which you just kind of referenced. Yeah. And it's important to remember to um, create yoga breathing basically is you make sure that both of your nostrils are clear. So you have to blow your nose a bit <laughs> <laughs> because. Um, most people, 98%, breathe through one nostril and then after a couple of hours, the other nostril starts breathing. And for deep meditation, you have to have both nostrils clear so that the energy can move through you, that kundalini energy that will bring down your blood pressure, that brings it, that 
corrects what, you know, that original blueprint, which is perfection, the divine created everyone perfection, that original blueprint comes back. Plus what it also does when you do Kriya Yoga breathing, it also can release from your body things that you don't even know in a few years could be bad news. It dissolves it. You don't even have to, you know, people have got so many things within their bodies already. It absolutely strengthens the immune system out of this world, rocket ships your immune system. Meditation does so much, but blowing your nose and making sure, you know, I've got a couple of free videos on the mysticalexperience.com about meditation and about Kriya Yoga breathing. It isn't this thing that all everyone always says, oh, you've got to go through a special teacher to learn Kriya Yoga and you'll have to pay all this money to do it. No, rubbish. I, I just have all those different things on my website for free because I want people to be happy and healthy because you can become happy and healthy so fast. It really doesn't take long. The first two weeks of someone practicing meditation consistently every day, they will notice a difference. They'll feel calmer. They'll be less stressed. They'll start looking at different things they can do. They will start being attracted to eating a better diet. They won't be as – because the things that we're allergic to in our body are the things that we crave. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. <laughs> in addition to being a type 1 diabetic, about two years ago I was diagnosed as having celiac disease, which is the wheat and uh, gluten allergy, and I love bread and pasta and all of those things. So you're speaking directly to me right now, Michelle. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so true because the more you have those sort of foods that put insulin in your brain, the more you want them because you crave it because you want to feel that insulin again. So, one, you know, keto diets and stuff like that are pretty good too, but I don't know if it's good for diabetes. But everyone has to experiment with themselves. Just a good old-fashioned Mediterranean Greek um, diet is a good one because it's just healthy fats and avocado and olives and salads and all that yummy good stuff making myself hungry <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and you, know, you referenced keto and i've actually been doing keto for a couple of months now and i'm down 24 pounds so oh it is good for you for diabetes yeah, because then. there's no real sugar spikes or carbohydrate spikes right because it's all low glycemic index types of vegetables even fruits because you can do some berries and things like that so for me it's been great and that's also helped to keep my blood sugar under very tight control Oh, I love the keto diet. I mean, I used to be a person who would practically starve myself because I was in the limelight to stay slim, even though I was on stage dancing all night. I'd, I weighed about, I don't know, 92, 93 pounds. And then as I got a bit older and I'm not dancing on stage every single day, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think I could put on weight, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I really didn't eat much for many years. <laughs> And then this keto diet, I can eat. Or, I mean, today I'm going to make a beautiful chicken laksa and you can have coconut milk and you can have avocados and I would never touch avocados or things like that. And you can actually eat and still lose weight and feel healthier. And it's it's miraculous. Yeah, it's, I, for dinner <laughs> last night, I had a uh, eggplant parmesan that I battered and fried and did the sauce and the cheese and I used the pork rinds for the crust and almond flour for the flour and it was absolutely delicious. So yeah, you can still eat when you're on keto. 
and have cheese. Who knew? Yes, yes, I love cheese. <laughs> I'm like, love cheese. The, the, the real challenge for me is I went to culinary school. So by trade, I, I was oh, a professional did. chef. So I wow. love to eat. Now, I don't do it professionally anymore, but I still love to eat. My collection of cookbooks is insane. So I'm always cooking and eating. So keto has definitely helped me on that front. So what's your favorite keto dish that you cook for yourself? Wow. Um, Tell me all about it, John. You know, I got to say the eggplant <laughs> parm I did last night was the first time I had done it and it actually came out really good. So I did the almond flour with some spices in it and I dredged the eggplant in it, then into an egg bath. And then I did uh, pork rinds that I mixed with Parmesan cheese and breaded it, deep fried it. And then I layered it in a casserole dish with some homemade tomato sauce and some buffalo mozzarella. And I sprinkled some Parmesan on the top and baked it. And it was absolutely phenomenal. You would have thought it was a restaurant quality dish. Oh, it sounds amazing. I love the mozzarella part. Yes. Parmesan and mozzarella cheese. I seem to be putting it in everything. I make this um, I make this bolognese and use the, um, what's that fettuccine that I use? <laughs> oh. It's the Japanese. The, um, uh, shirataki noodles, shirataki. yeah. Yeah, noodles uh, for the pasta, the fettuccine shirataki with, um, you know, lovely homemade tomato sauce and lots and lots of cheese. And then sometimes I make um, the meatballs with cheese as well and do that as like a pasta thing as well and it's lots, lots of spices and onion and, oh, my God, I just love it. <laughs> well, the other thing I do with instead of the uh, shirataki's, because I do do the shirataki's, I also do spaghetti squash, which is a really nice substitute too, and it's low carb. Oh, I haven't tried that. Yeah, spaghetti I will. Spaghetti squash is interesting because you, you cut it in half, you pull the seeds out, you bake it, and when you're done baking it, you take a fork and it shreds out like spaghetti. So it looks like spaghetti, but it's a squash. Oh, nice. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I've never tasted it, so it's quite tasty. It's a little bland, so I usually season it with salt, pepper, garlic, and a little bit of olive oil, and then I turn it upside down on a sheet pan, and I bake it in the oven, and then I just season it a little bit when it comes out, and then obviously you put sauce, meatballs, sausage, vegetables, whatever on it, and uh, it's absolutely delicious. Well, this is the Total Freedom Cookbook uh, <laughs> Keto Podcast coming to you from Florida. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we were going to go in that direction, but you you mentioned it on the spiritual front. I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm doing that. It works. <laughs> no, this is great. I think um, I can feel our joy talking about this and I can feel people that are going to be listening to it going, oh, wow, that's really cool and they'll be all uplifted. Enough talk about meditation. Give us another recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I love to cook. It's it's uh, it's actually kind of like my happy place. So when I'm stressed, I get into oh, a kitchen I'm, and it just it you. settles me. I'm with you 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's keto. Uh, I mean, it's um, what's the holiday today? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. And I was thinking of going down to the little town down the road and having Mexican and um, just being naughty for the day, but it's closed. So I immediately got all my ingredients out ready after this podcast to make a lovely chicken laksa. <laughs> <laughs> what time is dinner? I'll be over. Although it's lunchtime <laughs> for you. It, it'll be dinner for me. Right. Oh, no, that's, that's my lunch and oh. my dinner because that's – There yeah. you go. I, I, don't, I don't eat it. Dinner time. I eat it like about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, with my diabetes, I still try to keep three meals a day if I can, just to keep the blood sugar even and, and supporting me through the night. I would if I wasn't so full from what I cook myself. I, I can relate. <laughs> I did a, a keto beef uh, soup today with some mushrooms in it. It was absolutely delicious and I'm not hungry right now. 
Yeah, well, there you go. Gosh, you've got a lovely smiley face. It's, you're like a big sunflower. You're just so just got such a positive, beautiful energy coming from you, especially right now that we're talking about our lovely keto food. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to chat, and I never expected it to go into the, the diet uh, keto realm, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. It has been, absolutely. So um, can I ask you a question? Please. So you uh, talk about total freedom. What was it that... What was it, the, the, the thing? There must have been some thing that happened behind, besides your diabetes. Was it just the diabetes that got you to sort of change the, your lifestyle and change your thinking? You know, I think that was a component, but it definitely wasn't the largest part. And this right now is actually the relaunch of the podcast. I had it about three years ago, and I didn't stick with it. And I originally designed it to be helping people to achieve the life of their dreams, to do what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. So I was working a full-time job, working on a side hustle, and I was going to use the podcast to help people with a side hustle or to just transition into a happier state. And I didn't stick with it. And I decided to relaunch it pre-coronavirus and everything to say, you know what, this is something that is needed right now. I'll change the focus a little bit to bring on healers, to bring on enlightened people, to bring on people with a positive, uplifting message to support people and to keep vibrations high. One of my coaches that I work with believes that everybody's here for human, physical, emotional experience to raise the vibration for the greatest and highest good of all. So I decided to make that the focus of the podcast and the relaunch as I'm building out my business and my social media presence and, and all of that. That's kind of where the impetus came from. That's a great idea because when you're looking at different multiple streams of income and when you can do something in your life that is absolutely uplifting and assisting others, success does come to you because you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it because it gives you that, that heart glow, gives you that feeling of being of service and, you know, and people sometimes on the spiritual path think, oh, no, that's egotistical. You shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. Of course, you have the divine in you, created you, living with you. Of course, you know, it's like I say to people, if you knew that God was coming to lunch, how would you treat God? Treat yourself the same way. Of course, you must have extra sources of income and have prosperity and goodness in your life because otherwise your life's not going to be happy and God is co-creating with us in every moment. So, of course, you know, it's like I even say, okay, Divine, what, does, what do you want to put on the Barbie doll today? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want her to be wearing? So even with the lockdown, it's like I'm always um, dressing nicely and you've got to do everything to keep yourself feeling good. Don't put on a, a, a shirt or a dress that's all crumpled. Every day, while th those who, who are in lockdown, do something to make yourself feel better because it really does make a difference. Wash your hair, do your hair. You know, I mean, I, I used to be a hairdresser. I would come to your place if I couldn't give you a trim, John. But <laughs> I would appreciate that very much. <laughs> but, you know, just do, do things that uplift others and you will uplift yourself. It's important to be successful and Find something in your life that's also going to uplift others. Being of service is so important. So good job. Thank John. you. Yeah. She also said that the year 2020 is the year of selfless service. And I thought since podcasts are typically free, I can be selflessly serving by bringing on people such as yourself with amazing stories and a 
an astonishing message for everybody and to share that with people. So I'm kind of following that as I relaunch. Very good. Very, very good indeed. Well, I wish you all the success that you could possibly imagine and all the happiness and that your diabetes completely dissolves and that everything good in your life because you deserve it. You're a sweet soul. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much, Michelle. We're, we're coming up here on the end. I want to be respectful of your time. So I've got two more things for you. Number one, is there a question that I should have asked you and maybe I didn't think to ask you that you'd like to answer now? No, I, th I think you've done pretty good. I, I think, you know, when I mentioned before that if people can just start writing down not what they don't want, but the, what they do want and work out how they can strengthen their weaknesses and begin to use affirmations and meditate. I think we've covered a lot of those things. We've got, given a lot of tools for people to be able to self-help themselves. Absolutely. And then the last thing is if people want to reach out and connect with you, get involved in your universe, how can they do that? Well, first of all, what they can do is I've given them something that will show them everything that I'm doing with, I've relaunched. The first book I ever wrote, John, was called Affirmation Power. And I gave it away at an event last year and because I had a few copies left from years ago. And so many people came up to me and said, I didn't know that's how you started with affirmations, with music, because I've been teaching not so much the beginnings, but the more deep mysticism. And so what I decided to do, was guided to do, was relaunch it and add a few more chapters and really just talk about how people, it's a really good beginning way for people to get into positive thinking and talk about visualization and affirmations. And so what I've done is I've got this, the ebook version for your listeners, free, absolutely free, if they go to michelleblood.com forward slash Total Freedom, and it's spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-E, not two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, blood.com forward slash Total Freedom. And what they'll also receive is links to some of my favorite affirmation music, um, my magnetic creative visualization program, my video on how to meditate, and also another program I did with Bob Proctor to help people achieve their goals, to start writing down what they want with the action, the very first audio program I ever did with Bob when I first wrote a song for him called Action. And that will really get people pumped up and it'll, it'll just make them feel better. It'll bring up their oscillation, their frequency for sure. So, and if anyone is interested in really, truly, you want to go deeper and you want to learn how to practice meditation, just go to themysticalexperience.com, check out my free videos and just be quiet while you're watching them and just later recognize how you feel. Do you feel uplifted? What's going on there? Something will be going on behind the scenes and then wait for your guidance and do what you want to do. But whatever you do, please do be grateful every day. Write down a gratitude list. It changes you. That is terrific and incredibly generous of you. Thank you very much for sharing that with the listeners here. It's greatly appreciated. It's, a, it's my pleasure and privilege, and I just want everyone to be able to be uplifted and learn to be able to change their own lives. No one is stuck. No one needs to be stuck where they are. Even if you feel like you're stuck at the gate right now, you're not. You can get out there in front. Very well said. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on the Total Freedom Podcast. It has been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on. 
Well, I think you're a sweetie pie, so I love you so much already. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You've got me blushing now. Oh, sweetie, he's a sweetie. More love. Everyone enjoy all of John's podcast because he's a lovely, lovely, lovely soul. Thank you very much. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. You can get the show notes over at thetotalfreedompodcast.com. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We create this podcast to help people become more resilient, overcome the challenges in their life, and achieve the life of their dreams. So I wanted to introduce you to the Resolve Formula, which is my unique system to overcome virtually any challenge in life or business. So I want to invite you to head over to totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash resolve and see the short video that I created that walks you through the seven very simple steps of that Resolve Formula. So again, head over to totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash resolve. Check out the video and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash episode 06. Thanks for listening to Total Freedom with John Racine at www.totalfreedompodcast.com.